Turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, very familiar uh, passage. I read from uh, Galatians chapter 3 a few weeks ago, a couple of uh, verses, and we'll touch on them again and then go to verses 4 through 7. And I want to talk to you this morning, uh, the, the challenge about preparing for the holy days. And you notice I use the word holy. Is this season a sacred season? Absolutely. It's sacred. It's special. It's unique. There's not another one like it. And so these are holy days, not just holidays, but holy days. We're using words that speak of the spiritual significance of this season, preparing for the holy days. In chapter 3, verse 14, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come, come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Then verse 29 of chapter 3. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now let's drop down to verse 4 in chapter 4 of our text. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, literally under the curse of the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your what? Into your hearts. I, I keep telling you this business is receiving Jesus into your heart and into your life is paramount. It's important. We receive Christ and there's evidence that Christ is in us. Into your hearts, crying, Daddy or Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his words. As we stand on the threshold of another Christmas season, we have the opportunity to consider preparing ourselves, preparing our hearts and our minds and our homes for this season. Do you think that it would be a good idea to do that? Absolutely. It's a good idea. We talk about this every year. And why is that a good idea to do it? Because we are guilty of turning God's holy day into a holiday for ourselves. Dr. Vance Havner, the great revivalist from the last century, the boy preacher who went all over this country preaching the truth of God's word made this statement that we are guilty of taking God's holy day and turning it into a holiday for ourselves. Now, please don't get upset with me. You say, Pastor, are you against having fun? Absolutely not. Are you against gift giving and presents? Absolutely not. But you would have to admit that we let this thing get away from us, do we not? Now, I, I don't believe that there's anybody in here who says to themselves this time of year, you know what, I'm just not going to celebrate Christmas this year, spiritually speaking. You know, I'm going to, you know, do what I want to do. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to buy people all the stuff I want to buy. I'm just, it's just going to be a narcissistic, materialistic Christmas. It's just going to be about me and my four and no more just about my group and that kind of thing. Nobody sits down and says that, do they? No. We have better intentions than that. But unfortunately, what happens to us is, 
is a lot of the things that we don't intend on doing and the practices that we uh, get involved in and all the expectations from everybody around us presses us into this very busy, overwhelming, materialistic celebration of Christmas. Right about now, Coles and the big box stores and all those people like that are very unhappy with me. Because they want you to pull out all the stops and spend all the money and buy all of this stuff for people. When we do this type of thing, we are in danger of turning the holy day into a holiday for ourselves. How do we keep from doing that this year? Well, we have an example in this text that will help us to keep things in balance if we'll listen and follow God's example. You want to follow God's example? I want to follow God's example. So let's look at what he says in here. First, God had a plan. you got to have a plan for Christmas. You can't just let it happen. you got to have a plan because if you just let it happen, it will happen to you in the wrong way. Believe me. You will be pressed into the mold of all of this that's going on around us. In verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Well, there is a lot that's in this. If we were to take it word by word, And phrase by phrase, we would be here for a long time. I want to talk about two things. The first one is this. His plan involved timing. It involved strategy. You say, God was a strategist? Absolutely. Listen to what the text says. But when the fullness of time was come. When the fullness of time was come. When the proper time, it literally reads, when the proper time had fully come. So you're saying, Pastor, that God did not employ the lucky dip method? No, he didn't. He didn't spin the globe and say, Jesus is going to be born right there. And he didn't take a bunch of yearly calendars and throw them up in the air and he says, whichever one comes down, face up that I can read uh, the clearest, that'll be the time that he'll be born. No, God employed a, a strategy. Someone else has said that when the world was ripe for Christ's coming, God sent His Son. So there was timing involved in this. There was strategy involved in this. Certain things had to be in place to make the coming of Christ as impactful as possible. Why? Because it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance in Jesus Christ. Amen? What needed to be in place? Well, one of the things that needed to be in place was a universal language. Can you imagine what it would be like to try to share the gospel with people that you could not communicate with? That you did not know their language? Well, God used the Greeks. You know, the Greeks are really smart people. They gave us a lot. Did you know that they invented chain drive? Did you know that they invented concrete? They also gave us a very descriptive Greek language at the time when Christ came. Alexander the Great and his empire spread pretty much over the whole world. And he had everybody speaking this descriptive, 
language. So no matter where you went in much of the known world during the first century, everybody was speaking pretty much the same language. It made it easy to spread the gospel. needed a universal language. We needed infrastructure. The Roman Empire gave us infrastructure, gave us roads, a network of roads and uh, bridges, shipping lanes, trade routes. You could easily go from one part of the kingdom to another part, unlike several hundred years before that. The Romans also gave us law and order. It was a time of peace. People could travel more safely. I didn't say they could travel safely. They could travel more safely. When you read the book of Acts, you find Paul in his missionary journeys going all over the place. His first missionary journey, his second, his third. He traveled pretty much in the known world in the first century in like 20 or 30 years. Why? Because all of these things were in place. And then the Jewish people, they gave us the word They gave us prophecies. But it was a very dark time. God had not spoken to His people for over 400 years. And during that time, God sent the light of the world into the world. Amen? His plan involved timing. Your celebration of Christmas this year, will it involve timing and strategy? Do you have a plan? Have you thought about having a plan? What you're going to do and what you're not going to do? And how you're not going to let this season get away from you this year? And have regrets at the end of the season saying to myself, I wish I'd have focused more on the spiritual reason for this season. I wish I'd have focused more. That way you won't have financial hangovers and other hangovers. There won't be any hangovers. There'll be blessings for him. Amen. Christmas does not come in like a tornado. It comes in more like a hurricane. It's out there and we have days and weeks to prepare for it. I ask you, how are you preparing? What is your strategy? I mentioned earlier that Don and I are doing the season of Advent this year. I challenge you to do the season of Advent with us. There's materials on the back table. There's materials online at our website so that you can plot your way and have a strategy to keep your spiritual focus and make it about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. It involves strategy. His plan also involved provision. It involved provision. He said in 4, verse 4, that God sent His Son... Notice the spelling of son there. You see that? What is that? Capital S. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law. Born under the law. Hmm. That we might receive the adoption of sons. That law business is pretty important. God gave us the law to see, for us to see how much we needed Jesus. Has anybody ever been able to keep the law? Everybody's living under the law. Anybody ever keep, been able to keep the law? No. We are not able to keep the law. And if you're not able to keep the law, what happens? It brings a curse. It brings a debt. 
When you break the law, it has consequences. And the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and come short of what God demands and expects. The Bible tells us the wage is the debt of that. Sin is death. That is a spiritual death where you're separated from God and Christ and His family for all eternity in a place called hell. But God's plan involved provision for the debt, for the curse. Listen, if you're out here driving on the interstate, the law posts, what's the speed limit? 70. And let's say that you're driving 70 and you're running behind and you say to yourself, well, you know what, John? (laughs) You're running behind and you say to yourself, you know what, I can get there quicker if I drive 85 or 90. Some of you do that. I've done it on occasion. But some of you do that. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody around. It's fairly safe. You easily can justify breaking the law, so you go ahead and break the law. But then there's a law enforcer who happens to see you and clicks on you, and he comes after you and stops. What is he going to do? He's going to write you a ticket. And if you've been driving too fast, he may put you in his car and carry you off to jail because you're so many miles per hour over the speed limit. You see, when you break the law, it brings a curse. When you break the law, there is a debt that you must pay. God says that every sin, every transgression must receive a just penalty of reward. In other words, it's got to be paid for. And God knew that that had to be paid for. And the only way that he could keep us out of hell is to send who? To take our place. What does your text say? To send his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. So his plan involved provision. Now, why would God do that? Because he don't want heaven without us. He wants us to be a part of His redeemed family for all eternity. The issue is, is do you want to be a part of it? (laughs) Amen? So, God's plan involved strategy, it involved timing, and it involved provision. As a church family, we participate in a lot of giving. These are the things that we do during the year, except for Samaritan's Purse. We don't do that on a regular basis. We do it during a time of crisis. But all of these other things we participate in as a church in giving regularly. Uh, Starting down at the bottom on uh, where it says Southern Baptist Convention, we give to the convention regularly. Missions to support our missionaries. We support the local local association. Road Heavers Boys Ranch. Young boys in crisis that needs a temporary place to live in a group home until they can get things straightened out and they can get some discipline in their life. Child Evangelism Fellowship, ministering the gospel at the school level. After school programs, the gospel of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sister Debbie served in that for 13 years or more. Uh, Grace Food Pantry. Ministers to people locally, we give to that on a regular basis. Chosen people ministries, Jewish people, Jewish evangelism. And right now they're working very, uh, 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 
what would you, what you what, how would you say it? They're, they're uh, really expending a lot of energy in Israel through their messianic centers. They're putting people out, a lot of people who are displaced from their homes, uh, soldiers. Uh, they're doing all kinds of ministry there. We're supporting that. Samaritan's Purse, Alpha Pregnancy uh, Center, Women in Crisis, Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. Operation Christmas Child, all of these things we're participating in. Why are we doing this? The Gideon, so they give out. Why are we doing this? Because there's needs. That's right. Why did God give His Son? Because we have a spiritual need, whether we're willing to admit that or not. All of us come short of what God demands and expects. We have a spiritual need. So Christmas is about meeting needs. It is about giving, not just to our families, but to those who have spiritual needs, those who have practical needs and physical needs. Amen? Amen. How about us getting out of our comfort zone this year and finding somebody to minister to in the name of Jesus? How about instead of giving all of that stuff that you give to your family, who most of them do not need it, and a lot of them who do not want it, why don't you give to a mission need in their honor? That's what Donna and I started doing a long time ago. We don't even give gifts to each other. Why? Because we don't need anything. This season is about provision. Giving to those who are in need. Amen? That's the plan. And when you do it that way, you keep yourself on spiritual target. And it's all about Jesus because what you're doing is in Jesus' name and for the cause of the kingdom. Amen? So God had a plan. What's your plan? His plan involves some very important things. What does your plan involve? Now, let's go on to the next part of this. I, now, listen, I understand that children uh, love the gifts, but we have to be careful that we don't create little narcissistic monsters. They have very unrealistic expectations. You're not doing your children a favor by giving them half a dozen things or a dozen things at Christmas time. Not unless they need it. You're creating selfishness in that kind of thing, honestly. A few weeks ago, uh, it was like a week or two before Ava's uh, birthday. That's her middle grandchild, uh, Samuel's little girl. And she had grandma in the kitchen, and this is what she said to grandma a couple of weeks before her birthday. She said, Grandma, you're going to be needing to buy some birthday presents soon. <laughs> presents, plural. <laughs> we need to balance this thing out, folks. We need to balance it out. We need to not create such hardship on our children. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's about giving, but it's about giving to those in need. Come on now. Help us out on this. Help yourself out on it. All right, next. Not only did God have a plan, but God's plan was redemptive. God's plan's redemptive. Listen to this. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, because ye are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Daddy, Father. There is so much in this. It is hard for me to believe sometimes when I think about how great God is. It's so hard for me to understand and believe that God would love little old me. Yes. That God would love you. 
Just a speck in this mighty universe. But God loves us. And he walked down the staircase of heaven with a baby in his arms. And he gave that baby for my redemption and for yours. God's plan is redemptive. And that's what this season is about. God becoming flesh through his son. And us beholding his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. A couple of things here. One, God's plan involved forgiveness. What's our greatest need? Forgiveness. And in verse 5, he says, to redeem them that were under the law. To redeem, and that word redeem means to be set free by paying a price. Every sin must receive a just penalty of reward. Every single one of them. And he says... That he wants to redeem us to set us free by paying a price. What was that price that God paid? He gave his son, Jesus. He gave his son, Jesus, for us. Jesus died for our sins and rose again for our justification. He gave his son for us to set us free. Remember, sin brings a curse. There is a debt. It binds us. The lust of our flesh, the passion of our lives, it gets totally out of control, becomes addictions. And those types become, become very selfish. And He wants to pay a price and set us free and buy us back from the slave market. He wants to move us from one place of being bound to another place of being free. From one place of being guilty to another place of being free and liberated. He wants to pay the penalty of your sin and set you free from the power, the grip, and the force of sin in your life. His plan involved forgiveness and liberation. Amen? Peter said it like this. He said, Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Having died to sins. You see, he has set us free from our sin debt. We have died to sins. He has set us free from that sin debt. He has set us free from the grip, the power, and force of sin, that we might do what? That we might live for righteousness. We might live for the things of God. That we might be blessed by the things of God. That we might be encouraged by Him. When we walk in proper fellowship with Him, we walk in the Spirit and we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we are blessed. Hallelujah. And that's what His gift involves. It involves forgiveness. And all of that came about... During this season when Jesus was birthed into the world. And God became flesh and dwelt among us. <laughs> God made Jesus who knew no sin. Sin for us that we should become the righteousness of God in Him. God was in Christ. 
reconciling the world unto himself. His provision provided forgiveness and liberation. Amen? Amen. I'm going to steer off course here just for a second. Forgiveness is a big deal. You know what one of the biggest problems that Christians have in their life? Forgiving people. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. I thought so. What about this Christmas as part of your plan of celebrating the holy days and the Spirit of God? You grant somebody forgiveness that you're out with. You make peace with them. Mm. You say, well, you don't know what they have done to me. Well, no, I don't, but I know this. That the Bible says this. In Ephesians 4.32, it says this. Some of you know it by heart. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Because you are forgiven, because you have been forgiven for your sins, and because you have been uh, delivered from the power and the grip and the force of sin, now you can forgive as well through the power of Christ. Amen? Amen. You see, Jesus became like us, so we in turn, when we're saved, could become like Him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Some of you may need to make forgiveness a part of your plan this year. God's plan involved forgiveness. Also, God's plan involved sonship. I love this. <laughs> I love this. He says in verse 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons. <laughs> I don't know why God would want to adopt me into his family, but he did. He doesn't want heaven without us. He, want us to, he wants us to be a part of his family for eternity. He's adopted us, and he has made us sons that verse 6 says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Woo, hallelujah. Daddy, Father. Amen. You know Him. You're connected with Him, spiritually speaking. you got His Spirit in your life, and you're connected with Him. That word adoption in the Greek word study means to become children of God in the sense of belonging to Him. Now think about that just a minute. To become the children of God in the sense of belonging to Him. So does that mean that there's some people who are children of God but don't belong to Him? You hear this thing out there in the universe or out there in the world. Everybody's a child of God. You hear it all the time. Everybody is a child of God. Don't make any difference who you are, what you are, what you... But everybody's a child of God. That is true in this sense. Everybody is a created child of God. We are all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. But not everybody is the redeemed child of God. 
There is a huge difference in being a created child of God and a redeemed child of God. He is essentially saying this. We want to focus on the positive part of this text, and I'll agree with you. And because you are, that you might receive the adoption of sons. So if you do not receive the adoptions of sons, you're what? Lost and on your way to a devil's hell. You will pay your own sin debt. You have not trusted Jesus to do that for you. You get that? God's plan involves sonship. He wants you to be a member in His spiritual family. He, won't, he doesn't want heaven without you. But for you to experience salvation and forgiveness, you have to receive adoption of sons. You say, how do you do that? He says in verse 6, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. John 1.12 says, But to them... Who have received Christ. Those who have received Christ to them are given the right, the power, and the authority to become the children of God. The redeemed children of God. Do you see that? So in order to be adopted into his spiritual family, you've got to be saved. You've got to be born again. You've got to be regenerated. You've got to experience the new birth. And when you do, you know what God's going to do? He's going to give you the right and the authority to become part of his redeemed family. And he's going to send the spirit of his son into your heart, the Holy Spirit, into your heart. And then you will be able to cry, Abba, Father. You'll know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior and God is your heavenly Father. Hallelujah. And this is part of His plan. God's plan involved sonship and being a member, a spiritual member of His family. Amen? Are you redeemed by Jesus Christ? Have you, are you redeemed by the blood? Have you had the new birth and experienced that in your life? If not, this would be a great time to do it. Amen. 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 God's plan is redemptive. Forgiveness, liberation, sonship. Hallelujah. Sonship means that you're regenerated. You've got a brand new spirit. Sonship means you're born again. You've got a brand new life. Sonship means that you're a new creation. You've got a brand new position before God. You're no longer a servant. You're no longer a servant to yourself and to this world. But you are a redeemed child of God. Hallelujah. No longer dead in trespasses and sins, but alive by the very Spirit of God that He sends into your heart. And you know that you know that you know that He's your Savior. Amen. Amen. I love this family business thing. On Friday nights... We have a tradition at uh, our uh, house with our family. We get our kids over. We did it with uh, Matthew's kids for years and then Samuel's kids. Matthew's kids are too far away uh, now to participate. And so we do it with Samuel and his girls and his little boy. And, you know, we get together and have a family meal time. And we play this little game that's called high-low. What's your high for today? What's your low for the day? And little two-year-old, three-year-old Lila said this many times. She said, my high today is 
I'm having dinner with all my peoples. <laughs> There's something precious about hearing a two or three year old say, I'm, I'm, my high today is having dinner with all of my peoples. Do you know why we have Christmas? Because God wanted to have eternity with all of His redeemed peoples. That's it. The question is, are you one of His redeemed peoples? Do you know that you know that you know? Or are you feeling the call of the Father on your heart and on your life to come and receive His Son into your heart and into your life through repentance and faith. Humbling yourself before Him and receiving His Son as your Savior and your Lord. If you're not one of His redeemed peoples, we invite you to come. We'll share with you. We've got salvation cards right here on the table. We can lead you through that prayer and you can ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and ask Christ to come into your heart and your life. And become one of his redeemed peoples. Amen. Amen. But the rest of us. Those who are his redeemed peoples. Let's quit turning this holy day. Into a holiday for ourselves. And make it about him. And giving in his name. Amen. Amen. Let's have a plan. I've given you options. Let's take advantage of it now. In Jesus.